0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 171. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, we have some some sad news to report on. uh, Occurred just this morning. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, former first round pick of the now Washington Commanders, uh, passed away this morning after being hit by a car. Um, I didn't know about this. I uh, didn't 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 hear anything about this. And Ben texted me about twenty minutes before we recorded, and and told me about it. And um, very unfortunate. Uh, the guy was only twenty four years old, just about a month shy of twenty five. And um, forget the, the the football career and and things going his way, not going his way. Uh, this was definitely a very a very liked individual, uh, uh, you know, for as far as his teammates are concerned, uh, which says, you know, a lot of good things about him. That says something about a guy, and um, really don't know what to say in situations like this. It's very, very sad. And it's very unfortunate, uh, you know, and uh, that a guy that young with that much potential uh, would have uh, his life cut short regardless of where he ended up career wise his life cut short uh, is very sad so uh rest in peace dwayne and um very very sorry to hear that
1: yeah i echo everything chris said just cut down um cut down young and in unfortunate circumstances and hate to hear about it hate to see it and uh hopefully his family uh can grieve in peace and
0: yeah and yeah.
1: Remember the good times. Just remember the good times, that's all.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and now uh <laughs> not even going to try any kind of transition because it's kind of tacky to do it from a spot like that. So just going to go right to the next topic, uh, which yep. is a couple of short little NFL notes here. Uh, the Ravens re-signed former Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner, defensive tackle Calais Campbell, to a two-year deal. Uh, I have no idea how Calais Campbell was still on the open market after all this time, but he was. Uh, And he's a great I re-edition. He was already on the Ravens, so great to have them keep him around. He's a really solid force in the middle of that defensive line, so that's that's a good move by them. Uh, And after saying he would play for the Bills or Bengals after Tom Brady retired, uh, as the Gronk turns, uh, has continued... And he will now, again, only play for the Bucks if he plays in 2022. So, the always uh, curious mind of Rob Gronkowski continues to change its mind over and over again. Uh, but apparently he is tethered to Tom Brady for life. So, if, if it's either Tom Brady or a team that was in the Super Bowl or close to it. So, I mean, I mean. I can fault him for that one, but. No,
1: uh, it's not really news though,
0: right? Like, No, he's always said that. It's just kind of like, okay, dude, like you said, you'd only play with Brady and then you thought you might want to play again, even after Brady retired. So then you said the bills and the Bengals, and neither one of them really responded to you like, Oh, we got to have you. Cause they're pretty, they're pretty well set on offense and they don't need a guy who isn't sure how bad he wants to be in the league. Uh, you know, this is the same guy who stopped playing for the Patriots because it was too hard to play for the Patriots for him. Right. And, and said he wanted to retire. And then Brady goes down to Tampa where he can be, you know, a party Gronk, and he wants to be there. So, um, I, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Gronk. Whatever you want to play, dude. Like, it, it is what it is. Uh, uh, just, it's hard to take it seriously from from my point of view.
1: It's like news, non-news. That's yeah.
0: basically what I see. It is just like,
1: yeah, we will I, I see it, get his comments when Tom retired, but as soon as Tom retired, I'm like, yeah, the only place he's going to play for is with Tom. Not even the Bucks with Tom.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, Tom whatever. Would go, Tom could go, to, Brady could go to the CFL, and Gronk would follow him there. So.
1: Right. So, all right. Whatever. It's it's. Calais Campbell news was was honestly a, a little more headlining than than Gronk, what Gronk said. So.
0: Oh sure, absolutely. But,
1: but good good for Calais getting a contract and um, going back to a familiar place and. You know, I I would say for the Ravens' sake, though, they they need to look at that draft and continue to build a young talent with Patrick Queen uh, just because, you know, Calais is good, but he's not going to be around too, too much longer. So I would say defensive uh, stud to pair with Patrick Queen would be ideal fit for the Ravens, um, unless, of course, they – at Tyron Matthew, who's uh, as far as I know, he's still free agent. So,
0: yes, he is. As far as, far as this recording is, yeah. So.
1: So. so, that's all I got to say on that.
0: All right. I had some trade news in the NFL before we move on to our Major League Baseball portion of the show, which actually is the majority of the show today for once. So, and it's not me complaining about Rob Manfred. Uh, so,
1: Can I tell you how much of a convoluted mess this is?
0: This, yes, yes. Okay. So, <laughs> The, Brace yourself, the, folks, because uh, yeah. this okay. is... We're going to do our best. There may be some backtracking here, but we're going to do our best to make this clear and precise as best we can. So I'm just going to lay the whole trade out, and then we can obviously comment whatever we want to comment, but I'm going to lay it all out first. And uh, Okay, so the Saints and the Eagles made a yeah. trade a couple days ago. The Eagles will send their 16th and 19th overall picks in the first round this year and a sixth-round pick this year. Uh, to the Saints for to the
1: Eagles. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. You're right.
0: Sorry, yeah, to the sorry. Saints. Um, yep. For uh, the Saints' 18th overall pick, the mm-hmm. Saints' first round pick next year, mm-hmm. their second round pick in 2024, and a third and a seventh as well this year. Now, at first glance, I looked at this and I said, that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, because. Obviously, the Eagles aren't trying to combine and move up because they ended up falling two spots in the first round and giving up their 19th pick. So clearly what they're trying to do, which isn't you know, controversial or anything, a lot of teams do this, is they try to flip one pick, or in this case, a couple picks, for a multitude of picks.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, while this is a bit of a mess... I think this is clearly, uh, clearly, it's probably about 60-40 uh, in the Eagles' favor. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, they're giving up two first-round picks this year. But what that tells me is, first of all, neither team has one guy they're locked in on. And it tells me that the Eagles don't have two guys... They feel comfortable picking right now. Otherwise, they would just keep them and why bother moving. So, I'm going to get your take on it. I have, I have more, more on this, obviously, but I don't want to just, you know, bring up all the points and have you be like, yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, so, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll cede the floor to you, but uh, this is fairly even, and I think it makes a lot more sense than it sounds like it does at face value.
1: How I see this, Chris is, okay, the the Saints are looking at Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback. They've already come out and said that. They already said uh, Taysom Hill is going to be this super tight end. Uh, He'll still see spots at quarterback, but realistically they're defining his role in a different way that that, um, Sean Payton did. I agree with what they're doing, by the way. I think what they want to do is – they they want two options and they want to see what falls to them or as the draft lays out what comes to them because what do they have right now they have Michael Thomas they have Alvin Kamara um, I'm trying to think of who that kid is they have that keeps getting injured but he's a big kind of fast I can't think of his name off the top of my head but he's a wide receiver um uh, Callaway play. no I'll, I'll, although he's there too I wasn't thinking of Callaway I was thinking of uh, God he's been there for a couple years and he plays wide receiver I'll pull it up give me one second bear with me folks Ty, uh Traquan Smith that's who I was thinking okay
0: of. yeah yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah
1: so so and then Adam Troutman who I think they were uh drafted it was either last year or the year before so, realistically, they need some weapons for um Jameis Winston, I think, because there's no guarantee you should know this more than anybody. There's no guarantee Michael Thomas is going to step on the field next year,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so, a, this is two shots at the uh, the can of uh, wide receivers, and I think what they're doing here is that if you look at it, the the other team that has two first-round picks late in the draft are the Green Bay Packers, who severely need wide receiver help. So now they're the Saints have positioned themselves with two opportunities um, in the top 20 to get at least one wide receiver, if not two, to kind of help support um, Jameis Winston and open the door to next year if they felt like the development was there to take Michael Thomas and trade him away. Um, as far as the Eagles, I I I agree with you that they don't have two players uh, that they like, and I think that's a possibility that they have a, a few players that they like down down in that spot at uh, what was it eighteen that they they um they own now
0: yeah, yeah um
1: yeah. and whomever falls to them they'll be happy to take because. They need help at wide receiver, not tremendous help, but they need some help at wide receiver. They could use some help at offensive line. They could get younger at defensive line, but they have no glaring um, hole. And then this also pushes – because you got to remember, first-round picks are the most high-priced rookies. This does take some cap that they had to set aside for 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 the draft. Now pushes it to next year so maybe that could a financial need albeit it could be three to four million could be a part of it Uh, there was a theory i don't want to lay it out for you chris because i already we already talked about i have a theory from my younger brother that they're trying to move up in the next draft to get a quarterback and i disagree with that idea and premise because i think they're just trying to build around they're trying to build around jalen hurts
0: I think so, too, and I mean, when you shared that, that theory with me, I, I I didn't quite understand it either, and he's an Eagles fan, so I yeah. mean, he's definitely invested in this, so he has, you know, obviously put some thought into it. I I don't necessarily see that, because, was it three years ago they drafted Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders was the first-round pick, wasn't he? I think he was...
1: Um... I want to say he was an early second round pick. Okay, well, like,
0: still it's offense top of the draft, and then had a receiver in the first round, uh, um, uh, uh, Jalen Rager two years ago, and last year Devonta Smith, who, I mean, people have their doubts on Rager already, but I mean, Devonta Smith looks very very good, and obviously they drafted Jalen Hurts, uh, not three, uh, two years ago. So he wasn't part of the decision when they were drafting uh, three years ago when they were drafting uh, Sanders. But still, they were attempting to build the offense, and that's why they brought him in, and that's why they traded Wentz. And nobody expected much from the Eagles last year, and Hurts was a huge part in getting him to the playoffs. So uh, if the Eagles are already contemplating moving on from him, I would rethink that because I don't think this kid's bad at all. And I think, you know, you can't. Already have him with one foot out the door and not give him everything he needs and then go, Well, see, we knew we couldn't do it. Like if you're not gonna invest in it like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson, you know, changing your whole offensive scheme around to fit him, if you're not gonna invest in it, you can't then turn around and say to the guy, Well, you didn't you couldn't hack it. Like, well, no, you didn't you already had me pushed out the door before I even did anything wrong. So I think. Let me just get my sheet up here so I can make sure I get this right. Um, I think you have the Eagles. Like I said, I don't think either team is in love with multiple people in the first round. This isn't like the last two years where it's like, okay, this guy, obviously there's talented players coming out, but this is kind of a less exciting draft than you've had the last two seasons. We have quarterbacks going really high, and you're starting to see a lot more on uh, the Willis kid, but – even that's not the same kind of hype you got from a Burrow or a uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, not even close. Uh, not even the hype you got for a later first round or early second round quarterback. So, and he could end up being very good. I don't know. It's no disparity on disparity disparity on him. Uh, it's just how people are perceiving it right now before he steps on the field. But I think the Eagles aren't in love with, uh, you know two players, so they're willing to trade both of those picks. They still stay right around that same area by getting the 18th pick. Uh, and if the Saints... The Saints have some talent on that team, but let's face it, with the salary cap, they have not been able to retain a whole lot of talent in the last couple of years. So, uh, top of losing Drew Brees, Yaliya Michael Thomas, who knows if he steps on the field like you said earlier. Uh, Alvin Kamara... <laughs> Pending legal issues, even who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah, uh, you could have this team be have a very poor record next year, despite having Jameis Winston there. Who look, he did good to start last year, but he wasn't late in the world on fire. It's not like this kid was the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. So, you could easily see the Saints be a three, four, five win team next year. In which case, well, that could easily, easily be a top ten, maybe even a top five pick for the Eagles going into twenty twenty three, which. Regardless of what they who they have their eye on, if it's anybody or just wanting to potentially move up in a draft, that's just good for them because then they if Jalen Hurts ends up being the guy, and there is a top defensive talent, if there's a Chase Young coming out in twenty twenty three or 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 uh, uh, a Kyle Pitts or a Jamar Chase like player, then they're right there to grab him and he can bolster that position. Or if there's nobody in that range. That's going to be drafted. They can then take that pick and trade it again and get more out of it. So, and all that really has to happen for that to work out in that aspect is the Saints to not have a great year this year coming up. And I think that's more likely than not that they won't have a great year. Uh, they also get a second round pick out of it in a couple of seasons in 2024. So there's an extra second round pick, which is awesome. I mean, a lot of times players fall from the first round just because a team needs. So you can end up getting a first round caliber player there. And you get a third and a seventh this year as well. And who knows what those guys are going to turn into. It's smart from the Eagles from that perspective. They're turning a couple of picks into a lot more. And like I said, a top five pick next year with the Saints 20, 2023 first rounder could yield them a lot more in return. And for the Saints, uh, they get two first round picks this year to, you know, mid to late, you know, the later uh, part of the middle round to rebuild their roster without spending a ton in salary cap. They get some talented guys where by the time these guys' contracts are up, they're going to be able to have some cap room and wiggle room. So the Saints, for once, thinking about the future, which has not been the case salary cap-wise in a long, long time, it seems. uh, And the Eagles get, uh, you know, a potential steal if it ends up being a top five, top ten pick. So... I think it's a win-win. It is kind of a convoluted mess when you look at all the numbers on the, right in front of you at once. But I don't think it was bad for either team, and it makes a lot of sense for both teams when you really think about it.
1: Yeah, uh, everything you said I agree with. Um, it, it it will be interesting, though, because the, the tip of this trade scale will ultimately hinge on where that Saints pick.
0: Lands. Yeah, totally.
1: I mean, I'm not saying... That they're going to win the super bowl next year if the saints make the playoffs though now the pick now the trade looks more kind of lopsided towards the saints especially if they get you know i'll just put it out there maybe they um trayvon burks uh, from arkansas big wide receiver maybe they grab him or the speedy wide receiver chris Olave from ohio state and then pair him With a tackle because you gotta remember they lost to Armstead in free agency. They gotta replace him. And I think that paired with Michael Thomas's, you know, what are we gonna get from him? I think that might have provoked the Saints to say, we need protection for Jameis Winston because he can't have a repeat of last year. And we need more weapons because they've seen what Taysom Hill is as starting quarterback. It's not the answer no offense to Taysom Hill. You're not the answer. You're not a starting quarterback. So I think a lot of that kind of forced them into this uh, scenario. And I think bet, hedging your bets now um, and hoping that this is Tom Brady's last year because then the the Falcons have to retool what they're doing. And Carolina – It's just I think the Saints are trying to say, if Tom Brady leaves, we might be able to be the driver's seat of this division if Carolina still can't figure it out and the Falcons are basically Kyle Pitts and a bunch of guys. So it is a gamble by them. And I think with the Eagles, I think they're in a driver's seat. I really do. I think they're in a driver's seat where they can expand this offense and really, just take the division over from the Cowboys, who, you know, I think I think the world is CD Lamb, and I think Michael Gallup is pretty good. Um, and I know I trash and you trash Amari Cooper all the time. Let's see what a twelve a, a full season of uh, games without Lamar Cooper does to that Dallas Cowboys offense. As otherwise, Eagles are looking looking down at the rest of their division, regardless if they had those two first round picks this year. Or the two next year.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that hundred percent. Um it, it definitely hinges on that on that second what that second uh Eagles pick or the uh, Saints pick, excuse me, will be for the Eagles in twenty twenty three. However, getting an additional second round pick in twenty twenty four, uh does soften that a bit if it ends up being in the high teens or early twenties, if the Saints do have a better year than expected. And they get three two extra uh, excuse me, two extra picks this year. A third this year and seventh, and he only send a sixth in addition to the two firsts. So, I, I again, I still think the Eagles won this trade. I don't think the Saints did terrible because, like I said, they have to rebuild their roster with talent at a low, relatively in sports money terms, low cost. Uh is it convoluted? But I don't think it was bad. And man, who, who would have thought? Just just as a side, real quick sidebar: Who would have thought? And NFL season ends three years ago. Michael Thomas it just blows up as an incredible season and has barely touched the field in the two years since. And now we're talking about, well, whatever you can get from Michael Thomas, uh, you know, for all we know, this guy could come back and be completely washed up or he could come back better than ever. It's really hard to tell. Uh, one thing's for sure. If he's healthy, Jamis Winston's going to throw to him and a lot. So we'll find right. out real quick. So um I, We'll never take him in the first round again. No, that's for damn sure, because <laughs> I don't know, honestly, till he proves otherwise, uh, that Mike Thomas is a top-five, top-ten receiver anymore. I think a lot of guys have surpassed him. We'll have to see when he steps on the field. If he gets on the field this year, who knows? All right. Now, normally we start off with MLB, go to NFL, A little bit different here in episode 171. We started off with some NFL news and notes. Now we're going to go to MLB. Uh, We have our early season predictions for division Mm -hmm. and wildcard winners, as well as uh, MVP, Cy Young, comeback player of the year, rookie of the year, and the home run leader in each league. Uh, And uh, before we start that, Mm -hmm. uh, I asked you if a part of the new collective bargaining, bargaining agreement was a deadline on negotiations once the season started. Uh, neither one of us could really figure that out, honestly, because it's baseball, and they'll keep most of their stuff a secret for some reason, because, you know, why would anybody need to know that stuff? Uh, but Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts of the Boston Red Sox and Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees all started the season without new contract extensions. And... Apparently, none will negotiate during the season. Nobody wants to talk during the season anymore. So I asked if that was a league-mandated thing, and it appears to be a player mandate, that they just don't want to talk once the season starts. I don't get it, but I'm not a player with hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. I guess the Yankees had an offer to Aaron Judge to make him the highest-paid player on an annual basis in the league, uh, which he did not agree on by the deadline yesterday. So that that could be costly for a guy like Judge because Judge has had some injury issues. Mm-hmm. And if he misses most of this year, he doesn't go into next year getting a, a five-year, $200 million deal. There's no way in hell. There's no way. So he could have cost himself a lot of money. He's not a spring chicken either. He's not like he's 22, 23. He's not like uh you know Wander Franco, who's like, what, 20 years old. Right. Uh, this guy is almost 30 already. And he's not getting a 10-year deal uh by any kind of smart by any by any competitive team. Let's say that. You might get, you know, some crazy deal like the the, the Rangers gave A-Rod back in the day because well, they weren't competitive and they just had to throw money at somebody. Uh but no competitive team's paying him that much for that long. And, you know, Rafi and Xander, um, let's be honest, the Sox can only keep one of these guys. They're not signing them both the massive mega deals. They're just not, uh, you know. Um, and I'm okay with that, truthfully. Uh, if they... It appears Xander especially, which, which sucks because I remember, you know, Xander coming up and you being high on him from the time he was signed. Signed as a very, very young kid and has come up to the system and turned into a hell of a player. And, you know, he apparently wants to be... With the top of the market, with it's shortstops as far as pay goes, which is a lot. More than probably Mookie Betts would have gotten per year, and they weren't willing to pay Mookie. Or at least not more than he wanted. Uh, there's a lot of contradicting uh, information out there as to whether or not they did make that offer. But I don't know, man. Um, it's, number one, I don't understand not wanting to negotiate during the season. Uh, and, and number 2 uh I, it's i think the Sox are going to keep one of these guys and they're going to trade the other one um whether they're competitive or not come close to the trade deadline i think you could see one of these guys move only because they know they can't sign both of them um or maybe not maybe they don't want <laughs> maybe they don't want to let them trade one and then the other one doesn't resign if they won't negotiate during the season. I don't know. This whole thing has gotten really convoluted, uh, much like the uh, the Saints and Eagles trade. I, I don't know what to make of it, but if I'm a player and a team wants to give me hundreds of millions of dollars, I don't tell them to wait because <laughs> you never know what could happen.
1: So, on all three of them, yes, it is a gamble. All three of them are getting paid pretty decent money this year. Um... I don't know what the arbitration settle was with, with Judge. I know they went in with the uh, Yankees were offering 17. He wanted 21. Uh, I know the Yan- uh, the Red Sox have Xander for this season under 24, uh, 20, I believe, 20, 20 million. And then Devers' arbitration, I-, I don't know what his number is at the current. So this is what I'll say. For Aaron Judge, in like 15 days, I think, he turns 30 years old. For Xander Bogarts, uh, I just looked it up. October 1st, he'll turn 30 years old. So when free agency starts, they're on the opposite side of 30. Whether you agree or disagree with me on that, that's what it is. Um, I will say Judge is going to have a harder time. I agree with you because he has injury problems and he plays a position in the outfield that I don't want to say you can replicate, but it would be easier to find the numbers uh, in other positions. Whereas Xander plays, and this is not a Yankees Red Sox thing. Xander plays a premium position. He still plays it at a high, high level. Think of it this way, Chris, if, if, if Aaron judge needs to transition somewhere else, where does he, where, what position can he transition to only
0: first base probably
1: or or DH? Yeah. Okay, Xander, if he needs to tra- uh, if he needs to move to a different position because his range isn't significant uh, enough for a team, he's got third base, he's got shortstop or uh, second base, and even potential first base plus DH. So now outfield you have- even outfield, even even outfield. It,
0: as crazy as it sounds, that's some slow ass people in those outfields in the American League. Believe me,
1: I think D Gordon transitioned uh, to outfield at some point in his career. So it's not uh, – Mookie Betts, early in his career, he transitioned from second base to outfield, mm-hmm. and now he's a premier outfielder. So it is not crazy to think that, that Xander later in his career uh, could move to third, short, uh, second base, first base, DH, out, uh, corner outfield. So what I'm trying to say is if you're a team and you sign him to a five-, six-year deal, you can almost – likelihood is to get the five or six years out of him get him to 36 37 years old and then can see where he gets moves on from there rafael devers is a different story though um and, I, and i'll just say this and I'll, I'll put a button on xander he is currently average uh value obviously is one year left uh he is eighth and his new teammate trevor story is fifth as far as shortstops because obviously trevor has played shortstop most of his career so some of that and the fact that uh let's see trey turner javier Baez, fernando tetis Corey seager francisco lindor and carlos correa all recently in the past two years have gotten contract extensions that have made them more money than him so i think that's part of the deal with 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 xander Bogarts he's just he sees it and he's just yeah i'm I, I'm better than most of them, and I deserve um, to be paid like them. Devers, however, is a different story. This guy, if I'm the Red Sox, I back up the money on. Him. He's 25 years old. He's a left-handed bat. He seems to have gotten his weight issues under control. And t- same point with him. If he if he can't do it at third anymore, move him to first base. Move him to DH. There is this historic DH that played in Boston for many many years. That had a great career. I think he could probably do the same thing. Uh, you might remember him, Chris. Uh, 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 David Ortiz.
0: Yeah, he, yeah, I, I've heard the name before. Yeah, that's for sure.
1: Um, the guy. I, uh, this is uh Rafael Devers. Obviously, he had the the COVID year was an outlier, but he went from twenty one to thirty two, eleven, and then thirty eight. All those are home run numbers past four seasons he's making progress and he played he's, hurt.
0: He played hurt for a portion of last year too. Right. So he's and not, he's I, kind of player. He's not just going to get, you know, stub his toe and all of a sudden he's out for a month.
1: Right. He's productive. He, it, it, I bet if we, if I were to extrapolate all those numbers in the COVID year to a full season, he would probably have 30 and a hundred. yeah. and yeah. that's nothing to sneeze at. That's nothing to cry about. Like that's good numbers. And I could see, I could see 45 and, and, 130 135 out of him in in a premium spot in the in the lineup i i don't see that as not a possibility so he's gonna be 26 when's he gonna turn 26 so he turns 26 in october would if you were chris if you were the front office would you consider eight years contract for rafael devers
0: devers uh yeah i would because I think then, it's it's gonna take it's gonna take a long term deal for somebody for his age to, yeah, I would, yeah.
1: And then obviously the market value would have to be, you know, and I'll put it, I'll I'll give you the top five, okay. And I think I think I know where you're gonna land on this. Anthony Rendon is top of the market at thirty five annually. Then it's Arenado at thirty two and a half, Manny at thirty, Jose Ramirez at twenty four point eight, and then Josh Donaldson at twenty three. Where does he land in there, Chris?
0: I think when you add in all the factors, I would put him right above Machado and below Arenado. I'd say he's probably third. As the team, they're going to come into negotiations on the lower end because that's what negotiations are. But I don't also don't think you insult his intelligence and come in at like 18 per. I'd no. say you start off offering him six at 25 annually and you see what happens. That way you're getting the prime of his career. And he's probably going to come back with something like 8 at 40. And then you negotiate from there. Because let's face it. First, negotiation rounds are always way off on either end. Right. That's just how it goes.
1: Just don't insult him.
0: Just don't insult Don't go under 25. Because realistically, if you go under 25, he's saying, well, how much do you really value me? Right. If you know what these guys are making. You say, we're going to start here. And you even say, we realize he probably isn't going to fly. We need this as a, as a place to start. And then he's going to throw out some number, or his agent's going to throw out some number, that you won't even come close to, like 40 to 45 per. And then everybody's going to have a good laugh, and then you are going to talk for real. A left-handed power bat in his prime? There's not a whole lot of those in baseball in general, never mind in the league and the division. So when you get one, uh, especially a homegrown talent, and that's the important thing, too. At some point, you got to start playing, paying homegrown guys these big contracts. Otherwise, everyone just gets discouraged and leaves. Obviously, this is not what's going to be the announced reason for signing Trevor Story. I think you sign Trevor Story to a, in sports money terms, affordable contract. It was like six for 140. And you move him to second. Well, now, obviously, you want to keep Xander. But if Xander comes out and he doesn't want to go anywhere under 30, 35, and he wants a five, six, seven, eight-year deal, you can't touch that with a 10-foot pole. There's no way. So now you say, okay, well, we got to say bye to Xander. We move Trevor Story back to shortstop. We sign Raffy to an extension, and we find another second baseman. Look, I love them both. They're both great players. But, I mean, realistically, if you had to choose someone to pay uh, to keep her on long-term, this is the cold calculated business side of of sports where it's you have to put the fan your fandom aside pay devers and if bogarts is insistent on being top of the market then you say hey you know thank you it's been great having you and he moves on because you could look you could sign them both and i couldn't blame you for signing them both but if you're gonna sign bogarts at the position he plays it's gonna need to be a shorter term deal it's gonna need to be a five-year deal max to make any sense There's not a whole lot of super athletic 36-year-old shortstops out there still flying around doing what they're doing.
1: I'm going to put this out there. Prospects are prospects, whatever you want to call them, whatever you think of them. However, two of the uh, top three prospects in the Red Sox systems, one is a shortstop and one is a second baseman. And they're getting close. They're knocking on the door. Um, Marcelo Mayer, I I saw – and believe it or not, I've been paying attention a little bit more this offseason um, as spring training has rung in. But I did see some some love for Marcel Mayer this, uh, this spring training and then Nick York, a second baseman. So I put that out there because logically, if you're the front office, I have these two kids. What am I going to do with them? Because either – and don't be like Ben Sherrington. Don't be like um, – um theo epstein a little bit with the hoarding of the more so ben Charrington not so much theo hoarding these prospects make a decision either move on with the, the current position and bring one of these kids in or extend the guy and take these kids and go get pitching or whatever else you think you need that's what that's that's what i have to say about xander so make a decision this with this season and if he produces and the money's too high move on and and see which one of these kids yeah. can play yep. second base because clearly you're you have your shortstop of the future playing uh second base right now devers the market for third baseman uh is 30 uh, roughly 30 million okay and um relating to manny machado's which you'll agree manny machado's contract is a little different than anybody else's yeah because he's got those uh He's got the no trade, and he's got those opt outs uh, littered through his contract. Eight and three hundred, I think, would get it done for Devers. You're locking him up from twenty age twenty six to age thirty four. Would you have a problem with that? <sighs> no, because it's it's no. easy for me. It's easy. No, I'm good.
0: No, and, I, honestly, and, I, I I I I if that was what he wanted, and he came and said I would take that, I think you sign him right mm-hmm. now.
1: And that's thirty-eight, Chris. So if he's sitting at forty a year, uh, and I, I agree with you though that they should, they should you know start lower. And if he starts at that high, then say, hey, what about thirty-eight? And then you just work out the details from there. Right. So eight and thirty-eight, whatever. If he wants nine, he wants nine. If he wants ten, I go ten. Would it be as far as I go. And then that's ten and, and three eighty. I, I think roughly there is where I'm at. I I just wouldn't do too much higher than that. And I do have one thing to finish off with. The only one I can find is reports that Brian Cashman said, Aaron judge rejected the team offer of seven years and 213.5 million. Jesus. That would have begun in 2023. So whatever he makes this season, plus the contract would have started next season. So he would have got an arbitration of whatever it was. Um, Maybe it was if it was 17 or 21, we got that. And then the new contract starts. So he would have went from age um essentially age 31 to 38. That's the, that's that's gonna be the thing where I'm gonna look at uh next two year next year and say, did he, did he miss his mark or did he hit big Cause. If he goes down with injury, Chris, what do you think is going to happen?
0: Uh, this is a, a big gamble. Man, he greatly decreases his market. He he cuts he cuts his annual uh, average salary, I think, down by at least a third if he gets injured this year and misses a good part of it, at least.
1: I say he takes a pillow contract somewhere, a one-year deal outside of New York, and, and he tries to reestablish his and, – and even that, Chris, he's 31, 32 years old. It It's – I don't remember. I had a conversation with um, a Yankee fan yesterday. I don't remember if the Yankees were trying to limit his service time or he just never, like, one of those slow-bloom uh, prospects. I don't remember if it, w- which one was. What, do you remember if he was just a slow, uh, a late developer?
0: I think he was a late developer, yeah, or maybe okay. it was injuries again. It could have been injuries still.
1: And, and that's a possibility. And, and that goes and ties into, and I'll, I'll finish here, um, the the league and, and the, the MLPA need to adjust the service time deal because you have one of the most prolific players in the game. He's very uh, – he, he's got an aura around him. He's very positive usually, face of the Yankees franchise, and he's a free agent at almost 31 years old. Do you, do you do you see a problem with that right
0: uh, yeah yeah for so baseball he he had, and the player
1: yeah and and i get what he's doing he doesn't want to saddle himself to a he wants to make up for the years he was under contract for good for for good team money i don't know if it's going to be there and unless he has this bonker season 7 and 213 that might be his ceiling
0: uh, with his injury history that is just such a risk but that's his the take, and I'm sure he's not starving either way, so don't need to do a GoFundMe for Aaron Judge or, or Bogarts or Devers. All three are doing just fine. Now, am going to move on to our 2021 or 2022, excuse me, MLB predictions. As I said earlier, we have our division winners and wildcard winners for each league, as well as MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Home Run Leader, and Comeback Player of the Year. So do you want to start AL, NL?
1: I'll start with the – um. AL and okay. I'll just give you my uh, winners uh, for um, each division and, and wild card and, and and maybe you chime in uh, where you disagree. Okay. Um, so for the AL, I got the Red Sox, the Twins, the A's winning each division. Wild card one is the Blue Jays. Wild card two is the Rangers, and wild card three is the White Sox. Any? Argument there, uh, there's probably uh, one glaring one.
0: Yeah, I have the Blue Jays winning the East. You do? Okay. Uh, I have the Twins winning the Central as well, and I have the Mariners mm-hmm. winning the West. Uh, my wild card teams, I also have the Rays and the White Sox, but as a surprise, I have the Angels.
1: I have the Blue Jays, not the Rays, Chris.
0: You have the oh, I have the Rays. Sorry, <laughs> I was yeah. looking at mine. Uh, well, you had wait, you had uh, you had Blue Jays, the, White Sox, the, and who?
1: Blue Jays, White Sox and the Rangers.
0: Rangers, Rangers, okay. Yeah, I had um I had Rays, White Sox and Angels. I think okay. they've got some sneaky pitching with the Angels. Uh you know, Otani isn't gonna surprise anybody. We know what he is now. We know how good Mike Trout is. He wasn't there most of the year last year. Uh, they brought in Noah Syndergaard. People might go, oh, who cares? Big deal. He's been injured the past two years. Yeah, but don't forget how dominant that guy was before he got injured. If he stays healthy, he could be a menace. He could be he could be a Cy Young contender, truthfully. Uh, could also be a total flop. Remains to be seen how healthy he stays. But if he is anything close to what he used to be, that puts the Angels right up there in contention for a wild card. Uh, so, yeah, I I think we agreed on one. Uh, a couple wild cards. Uh
1: I have. You don't. You don't think
0: the Rays even make the playoffs this year? No. No. See, I don't think nope. the Sox do. Unfortunately, as much of a Sox fan as I am, I. I. I don't know. I. I don't. I don't see it from their pitching staff, their starters, and I don't see it from, the bullpen. Well, I think the bullpen is better than it has been in previous years. I don't think the starting pitching, especially with Chris Sale, apparently never able to pitch again. Who knows. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's tongue in cheek, obviously. It's not. That's not. It's, he should be back in a couple weeks, but who knows what you're going to get from him, and who knows when he's going to get hurt again next. Uh, and Ivaldi, I know he's had some good outings, but I am not confident in him as an ace. I like some of the young kids coming up, but there are young kids are going to make mistakes and are going to have growing pains. So yep. I can't, I can't put them in. I can't put them above a bunch of these teams right now. I'd love to be surprised. I think with Alex Cora, uh, I really, really like him as manager. I don't care about all the BS. The rest of the, I don't give a damn, whatever. We're past that. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to have him back. He's the perfect guy for this team. And if anybody can take, in that division, can take uh, what they have and turn it into more than it should be as far as pitching. It's a guy like Alex Cora. Uh, The offense will be there will be yeah. fine. You got Story, you got Devers, you got Bogarts, you got Dabach, who should be even better this year. You got JD Martinez, who Yeah, I mean he's the slowest man in baseball, but he's got an insane bat, and there's not really a whole lot of holes in the lineup where they can pitch around him. Uh, so I mean and those are just the star caliber players, not the no yeah. behind the role players. So offensively they'll be fine. Pitching's gonna cost them a lot of games. I think too many. Uh, The Twins going to be sneaky good. Yeah. And the Mariners were really good and underrated last year, and they've only gotten better in this offseason. As far as my wild cards, the Rays are the Rays. No team can do more with less, probably in baseball history, than the Tampa Bay Rays. The White Sox, I almost had them as division winner, but they have not been able to keep all these young stars who are supposed to bring them to the next level healthy. They have the pitching. They have the bullpen. If they're They are offensive, have If they're offensive, they have everything. Unfortunately, they're offensive stars who haven't been able to, you know, they're Luis Robert's and their uh, – Jimenez. Uh, Jimenez. And, I mean, uh, the second baseman, who they got from the Sox. Um, trying to think. I'm trying oh, to think. God, what's the kid's name? I just had it.
1: Oh, right. no, it's their baseman, Yohan Mankata.
0: Makata, That's it. You know, is at third base.
1: That's why. That's what uh, threw me off. Is like second base. But he's the
0: never I, you know. really been able to turn into what he was supposed to because he's been injured. So I mean, if these guys no. can stay healthy, the White Sox are a World Series caliber team, but that remains to be seen. So I had to drop them down to the wild card just because I think they're going to have guys out, which is going to cost them games. And again, the Angels are just a sleeper pick. I don't know. I just have a feeling. I don't think they're going to win the World Series or the American League, but they're going to be a wild card team. They're going to be a nice surprise, and it'll be nice to see Otani and Trout in the playoffs.
1: It's it's funny that you brought up. Yo I'm kind of an in injury because he's on the i know <laughs> yeah
0: when i looked all this up i was like dude again dude. poor bastard
1: so the only one that i'm gonna say is that that sleeper kind of out of nowhere pick is the a's there is no logic behind it it is this is the kind of season where everyone's doubting billy bean he sold away matt Olson. he sold away sean Maniah. i can't think of anybody else um like top that he sold away it's just one of those seasons where yeah, they're under they're underwhelming on paper and and no one's giving them the respect. And that's kinda where sometimes the A's just That's where Oakland wants know. to be. Huh? That's where Oakland wants yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because the trade deadline, all of a sudden you see him make the moves that like the John Lester move that that puts him over the top and gets him into the uh the LCS. It's like that's why I picked the A's I'm just like this feels like that kind of season and, and I think the Rangers um because I will agree with you on everything about uh the Red sox the twins the blue Jays the red uh, the white sox the Rangers I understand if you're out there is like do they really have enough pitching but boy up the middle you got two elite up the middle guys in in, in um Kyle Seeger and uh simeon if they could beat and and we know what the rangers offense usually like they the summer the ball is flying boy you put enough bats on that on that field and it can really fly and just decimate the rest of that league i I just think it may be a little bit of a stretch for the rangers but i think that's that's what we're looking at i just until the mariners prove what they can do uh in the regular season and show me a full season of hey this is this is the mariners baseball brand and we're going to go to the playoffs and i don't know what the astros are going to be like without uh carlos
0: yeah astros got wanna... all their number one picks are being bad all of them years and they just can't resign but they didn't resign Correa. they didn't resign george springer they trade for guys like Garrett Cole. Don't re-sign him. They trade for uh, the kid from. Uh, he's back in uh, Kansas City now. Uh, Jack Rinke didn't keep him. They don't keep anybody. Oh, well, they kept Altuve. Up, they kept
1: Bregman and Altuve, and they they signed him to team-friendly deals. And whether you like what I'm going to say or not, their stature kind of kind of puts them in a position where when the contract is handed in front of them they kind of have to take it. It's like Dustin Pedroia. Yeah. He almost when when they pushed that contract in front of him, he had to say, "Yeah, uh I don't know if I'm ever going to peak this much." And 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 Altuve has been pretty consistent over the years, but there's going to come a point where is going to to start dipping and same with Bregman, and it's just physically can they keep up? And I don't know if it's going to happen. So they took team-friendly deals. Carlos Correa is betting on himself. And he just got three years at thirty-five million, like that's that's insane. Oh, and yeah. then George Springer got a pretty good contract that he wasn't going to get with the the Houston Astros. But you're right; they just those premium top-tier guys they just aren't resigning, and they're trying to get people at pretty decent value. And I don't blame them for it. But what's what's your team going to be like? Yeah. Uh, you want to move to the NL division winners, or you want to move to the AL awards?
0: Uh, let's do division winners first, then we'll move on to awards, and we'll go lead by league. Okay.
1: So I have the Phillies, the Cardinals, and the Dodgers winning their divisions. Okay. Uh, I have wild card one, the Braves, wild card two, the Padres, and wild card three, the Brewers. Uh,
0: I agree with five of your six teams. Okay. Uh, I have the East. I have the Braves continuing to okay. – uh, well, I have They won the World Series last year, but they weren't exactly dominant. But I have the Braves winning. I have the Cardinals in the Central as well. I have the Dodgers in the West. Um, <laughs> sometimes the easiest pick's the best pick. And the Dodgers are just, are just too good. They'd have to have a catastrophic series of injuries to not win. Right. For the wild card, I have the Giants, the Padres, and the Mets. Uh, I know losing Jacob ground for who knows how long is a huge hit. Uh, but... They have a lot of talent on that team still. And uh, I think this is about the time that Steve Cohen's uh, <laughs> investments in, in players uh, start paying <laughs> off. And if not, then, uh, well, you could see some changes made. But uh, that's, you know, the Braves, yeah, they lost Freeman, but they're getting Ronald Acuna Jr. back, who was yeah. – an MVP candidate until he got injured last year. The Dodgers are, you know, they got their farewell tour for Pujols, Yachty, and uh, uh, is it Wainwright? Yep, Wainwright. All three of those guys, as I said, they're done after this year. They're going to yep. be playing at an emotional level too and never underestimate an emotional boost in sports. And the Dodgers are an all star team on the field every day. It's, it's ridiculous. Just when you think they can't sign anybody else, they, you know, they spend more money and sign someone else. Yep. Uh, and the wild card, like I guess, at the Mets, uh, the Giants, they lost Posey. Uh, that Joey Bart kid looks like it could be pretty good, though. So, obviously, he's not going to take Posey's spot. But, you know, it shouldn't be a, a, a just preposterous drop-off there. And the Padres are the team. We keep waiting for them. You know, we're waiting for them to be the team we know they can be from a couple years ago. They've added a ton of talent. They have. Arguably the best player in the game, and Tatis t- 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 Junior. They got to put up or shut up and start, you know, putting some wins on the board and getting some playoff appearances and and beyond. So, that's that's my rationale.
1: I uh, I really only have because um, the Braves. I'll add it to the Braves. They also picked up Matt Olson, so yeah, and they signed him to an extension, huge extension. So they have their first base, I think, solidified. The Cardinals. The Cardinals are sneaky, Chris, because everything you said and the fact that they now took a, a cornerstone franchise player from the Diamondbacks in Goldsmith a few years ago, and now they took another cornerstone um, franchise player from another team, the Rockies, this past offseason, and now they have not playing in the corners. So this is just going to elongate – the Cardinals way of, of doing business where they're just making sure they have premium players each and every year. So with the retirement of Yachty, Wainwright and Pujols and Pujols hasn't been there, you know, uh, in, in quite a few years, but more specifically Wainwright and, and Yachty or Molina, this is just going to extend that life of the Cardinals where even when they have, mediocre team they somehow figure out how to win this division and that's more honestly that's more indicative of the brewers the pirates and the reds inconsistency and the cubs they had their run but their run was short-lived yeah because uh where's 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 um chris bryant he's in colorado uh
0: oh yeah yeah yep
1: he's in colorado Where's Javier Baez? Um, Cleveland? No. Uh, Chicago, I think. I thought I saw him on an interview yesterday. Chicago or. And then um, Anthony Rizzo, where's he at?
0: Uh, the he's, on the, he's on the Yankees. Yep.
1: So that, that core of the construct of that, you know, World Series win, World Series appearances, um, it's gone. It, it's just gone. So, but when you look at the Cardinals, they have consistency each and every year. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. They have this, we have a great foundation and we just add on to it whenever. And when they get uh who is that kid they had at Outfield that unfortunately passed away in an accident? Uh young prospect. He uh was from um I think he was from the Dominican Republic. I can't remember his name. Uh but oh, for who? For the Cardinals. Um oh. Cespe, uh, it wasn't Cespedes, but it was like it, it was a similar. Oh no, no, and yeah. it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't Cepeda either. Um, but when they have that that hot prospect, like an Albert Pujols, who just becomes this generational talent, then they they really turn it up to ten. Or they have a generational catcher like Yadier Molina, who just Oscar Tavares. Oscar Tavares, thank you. Um, but when they have a player like that they really maximize that player's years with the foundation built around it. That's why I picked the Cardinals. It's, it's hard to not pick the Cardinals unless another team just, you know, goes out there and, and really builds a legacy of their own. Cause you saw when Cincinnati had a blurp. the Pittsburgh Pirates had a blurp. you know, the, the, the Cubs had a little bit of a run and then the Brewers, they, they look like they're going to have their blurp right now, but it's just, it's, I don't know what it is, but for some reason the Cardinals dude, just last.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so do you want to get into? Let's let's not let's save the MVP award for last. MVP okay. was Cy Youngs. So let's so go. go. Uh, let's do the home run leaders in each league.
1: Okay. I got uh, Vladdy Jr. and Chris Bryant.
0: I have Vladdy Jr. in AL as well, and I have Pete Alonzo in the National League. If say- all year. If Alonzo's healthy all year, he's hitting fifty plus.
1: At Chris Bryan in the in the the that thin air that's yeah I, I think that thin air depending on what he does in course is really going to de- de- depend on on whether or not he's going to be able to pit, hit four uh 50. I think Pete Alonso being able to play DH is going to help him though because now that DH is uh pretty sure they put that rule through right
0: yeah but, for this year, I think. Well, they didn't say officially for good, but they said for this year. So I would have that's to gonna it,
1: no. that's gonna help him, but yeah, um, for sure. You know, the Vladdy Jr. I mean, Chris Vladdy Jr.
0: Yeah, no, I, dude, dude. And with Vladdy Jr. I mean, like they said he had issues. He's had issues with his weight at times. And what does he do? He has a monster year last year, and instead of resting on his laurels, the dude goes out and gets absolutely shredded in the offseason. Right, and so. he just gets himself toned up in shape, losing weight. Like he, he this kid gets it. Mm-hmm. And he's young. He's young enough right now. If he can maintain this, could have a Hall of Fame caliber career. He is. We've not we've not seen how good this kid can even get. He's still learning. He's going to get better. So
1: and I, can I ask you something? And this is crazy. OK. Um, is he going to challenge? The record.
0: Oh. Uh... Uh, that, he do has, you know what? You, you know what the I'm home talking. run record. Yeah, the home run record. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. He has the ability to. He has the power. I mean, again, that comes down to it all comes down to injuries. He's young enough now, and good enough. If he maintains this or even close to this for the next ten, fifteen years, mm-hmm. absolutely has a chance. Absolutely has a chance.
1: You know what? You know what bugs really me really hard to do though. You know what bugs me? That twenty twenty season. Where he had nine home runs because they played sixty games.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Man.
1: That that that's gonna bug me because he's twenty three years old and he has seventy two home runs. He could be at a hundred already in under in three years. In three years, he could he could have been at a hundred already. He had forty eight home runs last year. He is because uh, what Albert apparently is twenty one away from seven hundred. I think I heard. Uh, I believe uh, so.
0: Something like that around there.
1: Uh, Vladi. Body needs to do two things: stay healthy, and get out of Toronto. Get out of Toronto because they're
0: still. He ain't going they're still nowhere. Playing. They're not letting him. He's, he doesn't have to get out of Toronto too. But that kind of power, he could he could hit on the moon and he'd be knocking in fifty a year. It,
1: it, that doesn't bother me, Chris. It's what he's playing on that bothers me.
0: Oh, um, well, that, that that comes back to the injury, though. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I get you. So
1: I I just that's why I say he needs to get out of Toronto because I think he needs to play somewhere where he's not or more uh, or be be flexible with that dh position hey it, be flexible on taking those days
0: and if he was an outfielder i'd agree with you a lot more on the whole the turf in toronto thing yeah you know, total turf monster getting you but being a first baseman i get it a, a majority of time is played on the actual dirt okay uh you know more out more, uh, certainly more so than an outfielder so uh, i think that's going to help him too yeah i don't want to spoil it uh but this isn't the last time Vladi Jr. appears on my list. So uh, okay. I'm going to save some of my comments for him. And I have a feeling it might not be the only time he's on your list as well, although I don't know that because we have not shared our, our lists with each other. We're seeing him for the first time now. So Uh, you want to get to Comeback Player of the Year? Yep. All right, who you got?
1: So my one's injury, one's uh, performance. So AL is Noah Syndergaard, and okay. NL is Cody Bellinger.
0: Okay, we have two different players then. Uh, American League for me is Mike Trout. And Comeback Player of the Year in the National League is Ronald Acuna Jr.
1: Okay, Noah. Obviously, his injury uh, last year um, and then going to the uh, Angels, I think. It could be a boost for the, the franchise and a whole to have a dominant pitcher for a change uh, because they just haven't had anything in the Trout era. Um, Cody Bellinger, I think his performance was subpar and realistically, not just team-wise for success, uh, but if this kid who, you know, came onto the scene in prime time and we've had the conversations about the 20 was it the 2019 world series where mysteriously Dave Roberts benched Cody Billinger yeah, yeah. because he was a left-handed bat. Okay. Um, but I think if he wants to have that, that life-changing contract uh, this season, he needs to start putting it together and, and really where it starts is the Dodgers need to decide where that he's going to play. Cause there's too many times I've seen Bellinger playing center uh, playing left field, right field, first base. It's like find the kid a home and you might see some consistency because yeah. honestly I, I, I didn't like it when they did it years ago when he first came up and I still don't like it now. Uh, so find him a home, get him healthy and and let the kid go out and hit cause he's got a damn good swing. For for such a thin frame, he generates a lot of power, and I think this kid can be really, really good and top of the. Because he has a I'm pretty sure he has an MVP already, right?
0: Oh man, I don't know. Yeah, he at minimum
1: he, he was a he was a top two a but yeah. sure.
0: Um,
1: but I think I think he's in line to have a big season, especially with uh, the support he has in 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 um LA. And unfortunately. He's clearly not playing first base this year because of uh, Ferdy Freeman, but get him some time at DH, and then I just think he's 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 in line to have a big year.
0: Talk about my picks, and once that quick sidebar, something you said about Syndergaard. All right, so a couple yeah. weeks ago, I had my 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 fantasy uh, baseball draft. It's a keeper league, whole nine yards. I've talked about it before, mm-hmm. salary cap, and uh, I. I had kept a couple pitchers going into it. like I had I had Tanner Hook for the Red Sox or Hauk, however you say it. I don't know. I think it's Hauk. I think it's Houck. Uh I, I, I'm really high on that kid. I got him last year real cheap. Got to keep mm-hmm. him this year cheap. Uh, and the best pitchers available, uh, there's a lot of really good ones available because it was the year after, but he kept them pretty much. So I had Giolito originally, and I released him. So everyone kept trying to get him from me last year, everyone. So I went into this saying – I won, I joined the league, had a couple of decent years, didn't win anything, and then I won the championship three out of four years, and I always... Pitching was always my foundation because it's really hard to find a dominant arm midway to the season, but you can find someone with a hot bat and kind of ride the streak if you pay attention to the trends and everything. Yep. So I went back to that. I'm like, most of my tap is going towards pitching. Yep. You know, I had, like, Altuve didn't have a great 2020, so he was relatively cheap one in last year's draft. Somebody traded, I think... I think it was in a Mike Trout deal. I traded Mike Trout last year, right before he got injured to somebody. And Altuve came back. So I got Altuve dirt cheap. So I'm like, all right, my offense will be built around those guys. I got Salvador Perez. He's the most expensive offensive guy I got. I first 10, 12, 15 picks come up. I didn't, I didn't even I didn't even bid. Uh Garrett Cole comes up, I bid probably 25 or 30. And he got up to like 51. And a cap now, that's 275. 51 for one pitcher. And uh, so I was like, I didn't get him. I got to get the next two. So I ended up getting Bieber and Giolito with uh, three consecutive picks. I got Bieber, and then I got Sal Perez, and then I got Giolito. And I got Giolito for less than I had him for last year. So I ended up getting him for an extra year at, at, at less. And then like four picks later, Noah Syndergaard comes up. Dude, nobody wanted him. Wow. I got him dirt cheap. I think I paid 44 for uh for Bieber and then 42 for um Giolito and I paid like 7 for Noah Syndergaard. And if he goes out and kills it this year, I get him for 7 going into next year. There
1: you go. There you go. I
0: my oh it was it's insane. That's why even though I lost some pitchers to trades before the season mm-hmm. actually started, uh I was like, "You know what? I'm really not that worried. I'd like to have those guys I lost, but my starting pitching is very very good." So, a uh, quick sidebar right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm you know Mike Trout is Mike Trout. As long as he's healthy, he's gonna be a top three player, five player in the entire game. Um, he's not injury prone, so hopefully he can just bounce back from this and have another great season for the Angels' sake. Had a great start to last year before he got that injury that he just could not shake and get back on the field. So that one, that one was actually relatively easy for me. And Okuny Jr. was an NL MVP candidate last season before he tore his ACL. Uh, and he's real young still. He's 23, 24, I think, somewhere around there. Not much older than that if he is. And, um, again, I don't think injury-prone. So, providing he can bounce back from that. You see guys a lot of times, no injuries, to tear an ACL, they come back and they're fine. So, no reason to think this kid won't bounce back and have an incredible year and help the Braves, you know, with their attempt to repeat. So, uh, rookie of the year.
1: Okay. So the comment you made earlier is going to uh, kind of be null and void. You, you mentioned Bobby Dahlbach earlier about being in the lineup and helping that uh, Red Sox lineup in offense. Rookie of the year is Tristan Cassis for the Boston Red Sox first baseman, okay. left handed bat. Uh, I was doing some reading because honestly, you know, we've, we've talked about this. I've been, I've waned a little bit on baseball, but I tried to, I'm trying to, um, reel myself back in you know give it it another go I like what they're they're starting to do some better things uh, especially with uh, some new technology so um, I did some reading on him and he has a little more contact and he's also uh, five years younger than Bobby Dahlbach Hmm. so there was some trade potential with Bobby Dahlbach last year there could be you know, a reemergence of that this year if if Cassis can elevate himself to the to the Red Sox um uh major league roster, he's currently down in uh triple A, but he's on the 40 man. And if the strikeout percentage starts to rise up for Bobby Dalbach, it might not be uh ideal for him to maintain uh his roster position. So it is a gamble. I'll admit that, but uh I like what I see. Uh I was going to pick uh is J- it Jazz Chisholm? Um unfortunately though, I did not realize this. He has already um had his rookie season uh last year, so that 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 pick went out the window because yeah. But for the NL, I'm going to pick Hunter Green pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Looks like he's got some upside. And the Reds Reds pitching, I looked at it. Not only is it, like, devoid of real talent, uh, two of their starting pitchers are on the IL. So he's already got a – currently has a uh, starting rotation spot. Oh, okay. So, you know – I think pitchers tend to be more rookies of the year, if I remember correctly, but I like to go – I went a little versatile on each side, so we'll see what happens. What do you got?
0: Uh, I'm going to start with the NL MVP. Uh, I'm going to do – I'm going to try to say this name. Sayya Suzuki for the Cubs. Okay. Uh, They put a lot into getting this guy, and uh, he's – I'm going to pick him only because he's not going to have the same – There'll be an adjustment from Japanese baseball to American baseball, but he's not going to have the same growing pains necessarily as a rookie will. He's not going to get sent down to the minors. He's not going to have things he hasn't necessarily seen before and be clueless how to handle them. Uh, I I think there's a lot of talent in the NL, but um, this kid, kid, he's 27. uh, But he's going to come in and deliver as advertised. American League. Okay. See – This one is tough because this is where the service time thing comes in, and you're like, does this person qualify? Right. So I have one, but it comes with a caveat, and then I have a follow-up if this person does not qualify. Okay. My rookie of the year for 2022, and I think it's a slam dunk, is one of the most surefire prospects we've seen in years, and that is Wander Franco of the Tampa Bay Rays. So
1: I see what your I see what your issue is. However,
0: I got I got a box of 2022 top cards uh, tops baseball the other day and Wander Franco was in there and I got a rookie card of his.
1: Yeah.
0: And everywhere I look it says Wander Franco is a 2022 rookie. He didn't have enough games last year to qualify as a rookie last season. So my 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 dilemma here is how is he going to be classified because Randy Arena was technically in a rookie of the year discussion last year, even though twenty twenty he was considered a rookie because of service time and he only played sixty games in twenty twenty. So it gets really confusing. Uh but I mean uh, this kid has it all. He's he he proved last year he can go on a major league level. He's only gonna get better after an off season of 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 more practice and and learning and coming in knowing his position on the team. He already got an extension. They're already all in on the kid if he's actually classified as a rookie it's a home run wander franco if he isn't i'm going to pick bobby Witt junior from the uh the um royals i i pulled it up
1: um and i'm trying to look up um a rosarini too so i have a i have a definition here um for pitchers it's 50 innings pitch and for batters it's 130 at-bats to be classified as a rookie uh uh 48 45 days total on the major league roster prior to like it's a lot of convoluted like yeah not convoluted but it's like it's like what what is going to decide because um you said last year uh randy was um classified as a rookie
0: i i heard i see i heard both ways i heard he was a rookie in 2020 and i heard he was a rookie last year so he could have been
1: because at the end of 2020 he had a total at-bats in the regular season remember this is regular season he had a total at-bats of 84 um and games played i don't know if that matters but it's like uh, uh 40 42 so by this classification i think He didn't classify as a rookie until 2021, even though he played in St. Louis and in 2019 and in 2020, he played with the the Rays. So I'm looking at Wander Franco and Wander Franco had uh, 281 at-bats last year for the Tampa Bay Rays. So he might have been considered a rookie last year. So I don't know uh i think we can give you the caveat of i think i think it's fair to give you the caveat until we get a clear answer on wander franco's uh status as uh,
0: a rookie because everywhere i looked last year everywhere i looked last year or for excuse me this year for for like uh Top prospects or what other people thought and why, because I like to I like to look around and be like, okay, what am I am I missing something here? Uh before I put this list together for myself. Uh, you know, nobody had Franco on there. But then, you know, it's it's you know, you just read off uh, you know, innings pitched or or at bats, depending whether you're pitcher or catcher, and other different caveats. I was always to believe it was according to games played. So there's another discrepancy there as to well, what actually is it? So, yeah. If if Franco is classified as a rookie, I go Franco. If not, I'm gonna go Bobby Wood Jr. I didn't know how else to do it. Um, because obviously, if Franco is, then my Bobby Wood Jr. pick is is you know no one void. And if he's not, then Franco would be no one void. So I really didn't know where to go with that.
1: And it's funny because I I'm looking up uh, is Wander Franco a rookie in 2022, and all that comes up is pretty much Wander Franco rookie cards. Yeah. So it's like uh, something's telling me that he might be. But I think if we go by the I think if um, if we go by the rules, I think he's going to be uh, considered a uh, second year player. But if he is at some point, if we find out this information, um, then I'm, I'm guessing that um, he'll be considered a a um rookie but i i don't know i don't know how else to put it because if you if you look at it top L, my, my book a magazine i'm looking at top mlb prospects bobby witt jr is number two and you would think that wander franco would be there but yeah he's not number one is julio rodriguez of the mariners and i don't see
0: don't Probably, see Franco anywhere on the list.
1: I don't see Wanda Franco anywhere. No. And then if I go to the Rays farm system, I'm sure I'm not gonna see uh I'm not gonna see him there either. Um, so I'm gonna say the likelihood it's gonna be, yeah, you because know, the top ten prospects for the Rays right now, uh Shane a Leap pitcher is number one. And so We'll we'll lean towards Bobby Witt Jr. until we can get clarification. Yeah. But, um, I will grant you since we've already so we're starting it right here. I'll grant you if Bobby Witt is it, then then you'll get the check mark for the win.
0: On that, All right. And who, who'd you have again? I want to make sure for, I document these. So for AL, yeah,
1: Tristan, Tristan Cassis.
0: Cassis, Okay.
1: And then Hunter Green for the NL. It's with Cincinnati.
0: Hunter Green. All right. Uh, Let's do Cy Young now.
1: Yep. I'm going to go. I know he's on the IL, but I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito for the AL. And Sandy Alcantara. I believe that's how it's pronounced for the uh, Florida Marlins.
0: I... As well went with Lucas Giolito for okay. the AL. And in the NL, I went old school. Uh guy who made a lot of money this offseason on a short term deal with the Mets. I'm gonna go with Max Scherzer. Max. Hey, until he proves he's washed up, he's gotta be a candidate.
1: I, I'm not gonna disagree with that, Chris, but I was looking at uh I was looking through like different scenarios, different players, and I'm like, who can I pick that's not chalk who's who can i pick that has upside and has opportunity and can maybe jump on the page and actually honestly if i if i'm being honest i was actually looking at uh chaz when i was looking at chaz uh chisenhall for uh, rookie of year i kind of stumbled over uh sandy as the starting pitcher and i'm like oh i like I like what he's doing, and I I like some of his stats. Um, And and I'm just – he pitched – I had it up, and I've been doing so much on my computer that my uh, page for uh, Sandy uh, has been – has disappeared. But his past three seasons, he's really outside of the – obviously the COVID year, which, you know, you can't blame any of them
0: that's an outlier yeah for
1: that but um you know 2021 he had 205 innings pitched 29 2019 he had 197 innings pitched the kid's putting in the work and he's pretty much been uh since he's been with the Marlins he's been pretty much below 4 ERA to the point of last year he had a 3.19 ERA i like that i i'm still an ERA guy oh yeah uh, but-
0: absolutely you have to be
1: and he had 201 strikeouts and 50 walks last year. Like he's putting it together now. Obviously, he could um, take a step back this year. I, I don't discount that as an opportunity, but we've seen guys on on crappy teams, which Marlins are probably looking like they're not going to be a playoff team. But we've seen guys on teams like that win win a Cy Young award, regardless of how many wins and. You know, Felix, Sandy Felix Hernandez,
0: had, yep. 12 wins, Sandy, young winner, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and Sandy had a pretty good season um, to kind of put himself in that that arena last year. I think if he can build on that, I think he can put himself right back in that scenario. And um, maybe he can kind of drag some of his, uh, you know, some of his uh, pitchers along with him. And really raise the the standard in, in, in Florida. The problem is, Chris, as you know and as I know, that is all for naught because at some point they're just gonna sell off all their good players and Which
0: is, I believe, the reason Derry Jeter left that franchise. Oh, uh, that is exactly because he wants he's a he's look, I don't I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm not a Jeter fan, but uh, as far as on the field goes, but uh, I mean, the guy's a winner. He's won through his entire career, and he's not mm-hmm. going to stay there and waste his time if he if the franchise isn't going to build yeah. uh, a competitive team. So you're 100 percent right. It's unfortunate, but I mean, this kid's talents. He's only auditioning for his next team by being any good. So, yep. <laughs> which good for him. He'll end up somewhere in a much better place. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gialito, um this kid's been really good the last couple of years. And he, he's only going to get better with experience. I think this is the year, provided this isn't a long-term injury he has uh, sustained with his oblique. Uh, supposedly, it's just going to be two starts, and then he'll be back. If it is not a long-term thing and he comes back and has the kind of season he's capable of, going to put it all together. Great ERA, great whip. Strikeout numbers per, to innings pitched is always great. Obviously, the important one being wins. You know, I don't care how he does on the third Sunday of a month beginning with the letter M, with the windchill factor being below 80. It's all these stupid sabermetric stats. Give me the raw numbers. I'll tell you if the guy's a good pitcher or not. Yeah. Giolito's a good pitcher. Um, NL, like I said, going with Max Scherzer. Uh, until he proves he's done, I'm not going to think he's done. The guy still has it. He can not only throw hard, but he can also throw pitches with a lot of movement. He's not just a thrower; he's a legit pitcher. Obviously, he's one-sided before, and probably if not if not the highest, one of the highest per an annual basis uh, salary-wise in the league with that forty-five million a year he signed with the Mets. Uh, but he's gonna he's gonna give them their money's worth, and he's gonna he could be a twenty-game winner, definitely on that team. So, all right. I'm the big one now. Well, the big one for the hitters, the MVP award. Well, not necessarily hitters. I mean,
1: you could yeah. have a pitcher
0: win. Could I mean you could, but I mean, it's not highly likely. Though. No.
1: So, I went. Um, so we're going to disagree on AL. Uh, you kind of, kind of, kind of disclosed your pick a little bit for AL, and uh, I didn't pick him. So NL is Juan Soto of the Washington nationals and AL is Kyle Seeger
0: of the Texas Rangers. For me, uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, My American league MVP is Vladimir Guerrero jr. And my NL MVP is another junior Fernando Tatis jr.
1: So I I can see where you're going with both your picks. Um, I I don't just, there's, there's a long list of players that are good for each of these awards. So, yeah, us us picking four different players it's not unheard of because there's just so so much good talent as far as batting uh in each league. Uh I just like uh Soto's trends and he's he's in the prime of his career and I think if he puts together one more epic season Especially if he can push himself into the MVP race this year, he's gonna have he he's gonna have that that contract extension is going to be astronomical. He is it's gonna be a it's gonna be it's gonna change the game, I think. Because it's how, gonna be Mahomes like. He's twenty three, Chris. Yeah. So yeah, and he's he's riding into he's starting his fifth major league season. So if he was classified as a super two, which I don't know if he is or not. Uh, I had to look at it, but I'm I'm gonna guess he was probably a super two. He's already on his third year of arbitration. Um, unless of course the owners do some shenanigans with that COVID year, which I wouldn't put it past him. Um he's probably gonna go and get a ten year deal at four hundred, five hundred million. And and I wouldn't shock. It would not shock me. Uh and well, if Kyle he does C- 10,
0: it's, it's ten, it's at least five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna surpass Trout's numbers. Yeah,
1: and then uh, Kyle Seager, I think, I think he's going to see the the benefits of playing in Texas, uh, especially with uh, Simeon paired up with Simeon, it, it, the, the ball is going to fly out of that ballpark, and and he's going to see monster numbers. Uh, the only reason why I didn't pick him for home run over uh, Vladdy is because, well, Vladdy Vladdy just has straight power that's just mind numbing, and I I. Just like his power numbers better, but Kyle Seager, I think, can produce RBIs that you're looking for, doubles, home runs, get on base. He's got the package. He might even yeah. steal he might even steal a little bit and and just not carry that uh Texas offense, but between him and Simeon, it's just it's gonna be bananas down there in Texas.
0: Yeah, Seager's definitely a good pick. Uh, I went to Vlad Jr. for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. Uh, this kid gets it. He's mm. young enough. He, he, he has all the ability to, to answer your question about whether or not he could. Break the all-time home run record. He's got the talent. If he gets if, if he maintains the health, totally, totally has a shot at it. Um you know, and let's not let's not forget, if it wasn't for uh, Shohei Latani having essentially two individual MVP seasons last year, both on the mound and behind the plate, or excuse me, at the plate, uh, <laughs> then Vlad Jr. is already your defending AL MVP. Uh, I, Shohei is incredible. I just have a hard time believing any player can repeat what he did last year. So while I think he's a quality player, I don't think it'll be a duplicate of last year, and Vlad Jr. will be able to... Uh, swoop in there and and take his first MVP award. And uh as far as the NL MVP with Fernando Tatís Jr. goes, I almost had Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is look, like when Arod was winning AL MVPs for um when he was with the Rangers, even though the Rangers were a terrible team when Arod was on them, uh they still there wasn't anybody else at his level that helped there wasn't anybody else at his level they could say, okay, well, this guy has the same numbers and he's on a competitive team. Soto is going to have crazy numbers because Soto is just insanely good. He's a generational talent. So is Tatis Jr. And Tatis Jr. is on a team that's going to win and compete. Soto is not. So I think that overwhelming, hey, these guys are both talented, but Tatis Jr. actually is contributing his team winning games. As opposed to Soto having great numbers, but the rest of the team is just a, a, a shit show, uh, is going to weigh in on Tatis Jr. winning over Soto. That's just my my personal opinion. But again, like you said, numerous picks could be made for any of these, and they'd all be valid. We have no idea yet. There's been one or two games in the book for each team at this point, uh-huh. and this is all our best guess based on what we know. We're going to revisit this in a couple of months, and. Uh, that's why i wanted to get yours down i'm going to put them all in a spreadsheet and we're going to see where we stand much like the nfl and hey do you want to change do you want to do something different mm-hmm. and we'll see where we stand i bet you anything at least a few of these for each of us are different based on what we've seen so far anything else or are you good
1: uh the only thing is um and we're we're almost well we're about five six months away from hitting uh the third year mark and how much golf have we talked about?
0: <laughs> uh, Zero, right? I think this would be the first. Uh,
1: I, and I bring that up because I'll tell you what, the, this is the only time in the past three years I've paid attention. And that's because Tiger Woods is actually in the Masters playing. Um, I just did interesting point about what one player can do to grab attention. Yeah. Because in any other sport, I've never, I don't think I've had that kind of, a players had that kind of gravitas where he can just pull attention where no tension has been. Because honestly, without Tiger, I give no cares about no, golf. No, had, had heard
0: anything about golf, and then Tiger's back. It's like, oh hey, by the way, how's he doing? Is he actually going to make the make the cut?
1: Uh, he made the cut for Ready? the weekend. Okay, he's currently. Uh, in the round he's in, right, today's round, he is plus two. Overall, plus three. He's currently tied 33rd. Okay. Uh, and the leader is negative,
0: minus eight, and he hasn't teed off yet. So Probably not making a comeback, but I guess you never know.
1: Well, you never know, Chris. You know, we might not see the old red shirt on Sunday. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, that means Tiger's, Tiger's leading. And when he throws that red shirt on, more often than not he's <laughs> he's, he's, he's yeah. getting the w yeah. um but all i'll say is tiger is tiger and i even consider throwing the throwing the masters on with uh when he teed off but unfortunately we're uh we're, we're trying to podcast but um i might throw it on for a little bit after we get done and i i don't know what chris but it's it's tiger that's yep. all i can no, say it, it's tiger woods and
0: Certain polarizing people in certain sports that just make it more entertaining, and, and he's one of them in golf, that's for sure.
1: But is there any – Oh well, he's know the, the
0: one in golf. <laughs> right, not no, one of them.
1: <laughs> no, but I would say, is there anybody else in sports history that you would just say, walk, never have interest in the sport, and then turn it on?
0: It, um, I, it,
1: I think it's just Tiger, nowadays, in my opinion.
0: Probably not only because you have access to anything you want at your fingertips. Right. I'd say back in the days, uh, you probably had some guys like that. You probably had that with guys like Bo Jackson. Uh, you know, your two sport players like Dion Sanders. Um, obviously not to the extent of they didn't have the like, success in, in both sports like the Tiger Woods had obviously.
1: Or the dominance.
0: But, or the dominance. Um I mean, obviously Dion was dominant in football, but I mean um I mean maybe a Michael Jordan. If you had, if you had never, if you weren't a basketball fan. You kept hearing about this Jordan guy. You might turn it on to see, but I mean, I know what you mean. And to this level, like a sport that wasn't really considered—I know it's mainstream, but it's not one of the big four. Uh, he's gra-
1: he's grabbing the attention of someone who doesn't follow yeah, the sport at, at all. all. That's yeah. my point. Is yeah. Just, yeah, no, I, I can't don't follow really golf it's it's just interesting that's all i'll say it's interesting that a guy like that especially when he hasn't played and i think the bigger factor is he hasn't played in over i think it's almost a year after uh, since his accident this is his first tournament back Uh and it's and it's the masters i think that's just just so much around that it just makes it intriguing not only that he made the weekend but what's he gonna do on sunday that's just my personal opinion
0: no, I'd agree. And, I, man, I'm trying to think of it. I'm going to think over the course of the week, and I'm going to get back to you next week and see if I can think of anybody else that might have that kind of polarizing. I just think in a day and age we are in, you don't get that anymore. Oh. So, yeah, that's that's a good one.
1: And, unfortunately, that's the, we talked more golf than hockey and basketball in, probably in this entire year.
0: Uh, I mean, if the other two sports give us something to talk about besides how crazy their athletes are being or – they can't get over the border because of COVID restrictions. We would talk about it, but that's they true. haven't. So, if you're a hockey or basketball fan and you have a topic you want us to cover, by all means, please reach out and let us know. But, um, you know, we're uh, we're going to keep going the way we're going if you don't. So, uh, that that's that's just how it is, unfortunately, for both you NHL fans out there. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for Episode 171. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related, at all feel free to reach out to us and we're going to get in touch with us
1: well you can hit us up on twitter that's at BCTS Pod, facebook ben and chris talk sports the website bctspod.com and instagram ben underscore chris talk sports
0: And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review and subscribe. And please, please, please ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here next Saturday. Thank you.